Thanks for tuning in to Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is a Bible and social studies teacher at the Axis International School in Kichijoji, Tokyo, Japan. He's also enrolled at the moment in a Doctor of Communication program at the University of the Philippines. John Rodriguez, welcome to the Upward Way. Uh, it's a pleasure to be invited in your program. God bless you for this program. Yes, it's my joy to have you here today to share your powerful testimony with our listeners. Now, for starters, could you just walk us along your faith journey in terms of telling us how it is that you came to being a Christian? Well, um, my mother was an Adventist since she was young. Then she met my father, who was not a Christian. There were some journey of our family that were rough and, you know, away from, from the path God wants us to, to tread. But, but then later on, there was a time in the life of my father that uh, really wake him up from there. I remember that, that first day when we went to the church, and from then on, I really loved attending the Sabbath school. And from Sabbath school, most of the things I know about Bible stories were all those things that I've learned from the Sabbath school. And then since then, I've been walking with God, you know, from that later part of my primary years until I graduated from the Adventist University of the Philippines. And then I was called to come here to Japan. Sounds as if you were walking with the Lord from a very tender age. About how many years ago did you join the, the Adventist movement? I was, I can still recall, I was 10 years old, turning 11. And you know what? The funny thing is that when Pastor Digdig and the pastor who baptized me uh, during the fellowship, you know, in my country, we have those fellowship we call, uh, we, it's a combined service uh, with 10 13, 10 churches. And so it's a happy day when there's a fellowship combined with all those churches. Imagine, and my mom told me one day, hey, you are going to be baptized. And then I was baptized. Um, you know, the funny thing is when I was baptized, I was 10 years old. I was still young. And I was floating literally <laughs> in the current, I mean, on the river. But um, from then on, when the pastor told us the meaning of baptism, I gave my life to Christ, at least in that, uh, according to how I thought and how I learned about God. But uh, from there, uh, there are a lot of, you know, rough sailing from there. But uh, God is so good that, you know, He's so patient that He's holding our hands, putting us back when we are astray. And yet, we can see the hands of God in many ways. I believe that God is still guiding us all, guiding my, my life, guiding my family's uh, life. Praise God about that. Now, could you tell me maybe one of the most memorable things from your childhood experiences? 
oh, the most memorable things when we were singing uh, in the Sabbath school. Uh, you remember those things when you have to put those, those pictures sticking on the specialized board and singing songs. I've been to numberless uh, fellowships, uh, sermons, and some you know, uh, studies about the Bible. And yet what strikes me most is that experience of singing and listening to the simple story of Jesus. And until now, I look back at those experiences. Um, God calls people and God can impress even the children about the love of God through nature, through stories, Bible stories, and those stories with moral thing that we can learn from. I like what you just said because I've been reading this book written by Ellen G. White. The, the title is Counselors to Parents, Teachers, and Students. Uh, E.G. White recommends that parents would really open the Bible and, and share the simple truths, the simple stories from the Bible to children because they will not only understand, but they can appreciate it. And she even went further to say that the, those who teach in the church that is what they should do. Make sure that they share the stories in such an interesting way. You know, they can vary the methodology so that the children can be captured, the attention can be captured. And you have just said it that these simple stories of Jesus are what have left let's say, an indelible mark on your life. That is, that is so tremendous. Amen. Amen. Right. I, I agree with you, Brother Marlon. It's funny, there are some adults who are against, you know, children becoming baptized. From your experience, what would you say to persons who are of that notion? It takes a lot of patience dealing with children, but in the book, uh, The Patriarchs and Prophets, what I learned and read from that book is that Enoch walked with God for 300 years here on earth, but you know what? He began his deepest journey with God when he realized learning from the experiences that he had with his son. When his son was born, he had that deep impression of how God deals with us. And when we begin to, re to apply the things that we learned from our young age, when we were young, looking back, we did a lot of mischievous things, and yet our parents would pick us up, be patient, and then when we begin to be parents, you know, uh, understanding kids, uh, I'm not saying that uh, those who had no kids cannot understand this. But what I'm trying to say is when you begin to have that personal experience having kids and going back and remembering how you were when you were young, you will begin to understand and be patient with these kids. Kids are sometimes uh, showing tantrums or, you know, some really uh, naughty things, just like how God led us and picked us up from our very low experiences. So also we parents and even those singles, if we look back how we experience uh, being picked up by God, then that's, I think, one of the points that we should think when we are dealing with kids. We've got to have that idea that God loves children, His children, we are His children, and we've got to love our little, literal children. Amen. That, that is very profound. As you said, sometimes the kids 
they throw a tantrum and we sometimes get upset. But when we recognize or remember that we have the same challenges, then it helps us to be patient and we really want to present them to the Lord. People invest quite a lot of energies into developing themselves in terms of their careers, in terms of going after material things, etc. And sometimes they neglect spending enough time to develop their spiritual dimension. Now, how do you actively pursue your own spiritual growth? On the wall of our house, you can see the key to success is involving God in every, in every activity that you do and that you seek Him first the moment you wake up. Pursuing our earthly activities and endeavors with God is the key to relating ourselves to God and walking with Him. I would say that God is actually pursuing us. <laughs> there are times for children, you know, there are a lot of times when our children are going away and God is running after us, pursuing us. And I can speak for myself. It is God who's pursuing us. It's just us who needs to stop, to stop, think, reassess ourselves and hold that hand that's ever pursuing us. That's it. Uh, there are a lot of times when we lose our grip on God's hand and we go astray. But God is so patient. He's keeping on prodding us and trying to tell us that I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Please. In every activity, in everything we do, be it teaching, studying, dealing with our kids, with our spouse, with our uh, friends involve God in any business that we do, then I, I think we will not be losing sight of God. I love the way you answer. It is not so much we who are pursuing our own spiritual growth, God who is pursuing us. And all we need to do is just to hold on and don't let go of that grip. I must re-echo the point you mentioned that the key to success involves God in every activity. Now, as a child of God and as a student of the Bible, I'm sure you'd have gotten several messages from God. And this may sound like a queer question, but how does God most frequently communicate with you? The, the most frequent way of God communicating with me is, number one, the Bible. The Bible. Uh, there's no other substitute for the Bible. Apart from the Bible, like any kind of religious books, or any secular books, must always jibe with the Bible. Because that's the Word of God. That's the Word of God. He talks to us through the Bible. And then, apart from the Bible also, God talks to us through different experiences. Uh, Brother Marlon, there are a number of times, like, I realize that God is talking through the experiences, different kind of experiences. A short story. When I was teaching uh, in the Philippines, I was teaching in a Catholic school. Uh, I taught there for seven years and a half. Uh, there was one day, it was a salary time. And then I was so happy going home with that salary on, in my packet. The way to my house was to the right side. But it seems like my feet's becoming heavier and heavier as I go out or of the gate. And I don't know. Uh, I didn't hear a voice. But it seems like there's an impression that I have to turn a left 
I said, that left side. Well, okay. I just thought maybe, uh, yeah, there's a market there. Uh, maybe I can buy some fruits. When I went the, uh, to that left side, it's um, 10 minutes away from the cool gate. I was standing by um, a sidewalk and I realized that my wristwatch was really not uh, in a good condition. So I was standing by the repair shop. And as I was waiting, uh, there came two ladies. One is in the late 40s and the other one is like before 20s in the late teens kind of. The young lady was holding a baby with a tag, a baby that has just been born. And they were in a hurry. And I don't know why I stopped them in the middle of the crowd. And I asked them, where are you going? Uh, is there anything I can do? The young woman was, was so pale. It turned out that the, the older one was the mother. And they were uh, hurrying. They escaped from the hospital because uh, during that time, you cannot go out of the hospital without paying the hospital. Uh, there's now a law, a new law that that should not be. That's illegal. But the hospital during those times, you cannot go out without paying. So they fled from the hospital. And I don't know why they shared their, their experience with me that they fled. They had no money, nothing at all. They haven't eaten for some time. <laughs> and I remembered it. it's my salary time. Well, anyway, um, God impressed me to give at least part of that to them. And they were so happy. They cried, actually. And uh, in, the, in the middle of the crowd, I just talked with them for a long time. Ask them to just go, go home and buy some food and take care of the baby. I was looking at them. They were looking back. It seems that they lost sight of me. As people of faith, sometimes it would seem queer to others that sometimes we really get down. Was there ever a time along your journey that you could say you experienced maybe the greatest doubt? I dare not say this to many people. I don't usually share this one. Apart from my family and my very, very close friend, I will share it with you because of this question. Um, there was a big drought in the Philippines in 1983 uh, because of El Nino. And we are eight siblings. Uh, I'm the seventh. We were sent to different places because our rice field or our rice did not yield the fruit because of drought. And my parents cannot uh, support us all. And they had to, to send us to different places of the Philippines. I was sent to Bicol and I studied in, I stayed in a dormitory. We were working to study. And there were times, Brian Marlon, that uh, I would be in uh, the window of my dormitory crying, uh, thinking uh, for a whole year, I was like wishing every sunset that my father would appear in that gate of our dormitory. He did not. It's so far away. It's like 600 or 700 kilometers away from our house. And I was in my third grade of uh, junior high school at that time. I was so into reading the Bible, the Word of God, and yet there were doubts. Like, how come this simple wish 
this simple ways of seeing my father and my mother, I could not understand what's going on. And this is the thing that I don't usually share. I experienced Brother Marlo not eating three days, three days straight. And there were times, Brother Marlon, that I had to go out of the field, pick up some weird, strange leaves, just boil them in water without salt, and I would drink that. No one knew about it except my brothers also, who were also experiencing this. And we were three in that school. We call it uh, Nagaview Campus, Philippine Union College. There were times when I doubted God. Uh, is God really there? But then you know what, Brother Marlon, this is the thing that I, it leaves me to tears, makes me cry whenever I look back that the moment I begin to doubt God and talk to him that, Lord, I doubt whether you are really real, that's the time when I experience peace after that, that God seemed to be sustaining that grace. And you know what, after uh, doubting him, I would Sing. <laughs> That's why I, I started the, the, this testimony with that experience when I was young, uh, singing songs in the Bible, Cation Bible School. That's why I'm so supportive and happy for those who are uh, in charge of the children's ministry because they're really forming people for God. And it's so funny that after uh, talking with God and arguing with Him and uh, saying some doubt, doubtful words, after that, I would like surrender. Okay, you're there. And I would sing songs of praises. And it kept me till now. Amen. You said it, but during your darkest moment, when you felt as if, God, are you there? That is when you felt Him talking with you and you experienced peace. God is there all the time. It doesn't matter where it is that we find ourselves. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Though your tummy needed more of a filling, he was there to satisfy that spiritual longing. And also, I, I must add the scripture verse which says, train up a child in the way he should grow so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. That training you got at 10 years old, those were the songs, the teachings that helped to sustain you. Which brings me to another question, you know, many times persons would have had an experience similar to yours, but they decide, you know what, I'm going to walk away from this. I don't believe in God. What are the contributing factors that cause people maybe to just walk away from their faith in God? It's honestly, it's hard to say and talk about people's experiences of going away uh, from God. I can just relate to nature when there is a storm. Um, when I was studying in my senior high school, I moved to Adventist University of the Philippines during my uh, senior, year, senior high school years. And I made it a, a habit every 10.30 in the morning. That's our break time, recess time, 30 minutes. There's a hill close to our school. And I would always go on top of that hill for three years, there were those uh, trees that I saw how they grew. <laughs> and one of my favorite uh, trees was on top of that hill. I would sit there, look in uh, Laguna Bay. It's overlooking Metro Manila. One day, I couldn't go there because there was a typhoon. And after the storm, I visited the place. And there were a lot of 
uh, trees that were uprooted. I checked those trees that were uprooted, same trees that were not uprooted. I was wondering why. And there were some trees that were uprooted. And when I checked, you know, I was so curious about these things. Some of the trees, their roots were really not that deep. And some of them, the roots may be long, but they were planted in some sandy ground. But there were some roots, I mean, trees that were really strongly rooted to those rocks, and they did not fall. They did not fall. I would put that in our life. Why people go away, most likely, and I'm not saying this is 100%, most likely that the roots of them holding to the rock of ages is not really that deep. And so there is falling away. There is falling away. But uh, brother, I don't want to end the, the, the observation there. You know what? There were some roots that were uprooted, some roots that fell. But you know what? There were times when I came back the following day, some people, because it's mango tree, some people, or maybe workers, uh, just tied some of the tree, not all, some of the trees, and then they let them stand again and put some strong uh, post to help them stand up. And this experience... Wow, another, another lesson from nature is that when people fall or stumble, we do not leave them as it is. People are also needed to let them stand up so that when the storm comes again, they will not fall. Wow, that's a mouthful of gems. So just to analyze, there are some trees whose roots were not firmly planted and because of that, they toppled over. But even those that toppled over, support was given and they were able to get back to a solid footing. And years after, those trees would flourish. And so for us, when we walk along the pathway of life, whether we are believers in crisis or no, we should be willing to lend support to others because we don't know what their experiences are. And if we can just be a shoulder for someone to lean on, then we can help to make the world such a better place. You know, June, when I speak with you, you come across with so much joy in your heart, you know. What would you say would surprise most persons about you? I'm teaching Bible and social studies at the same time doing doctor's degree program. But believe it or not, I am so passionate about basketball that when there is an opportunity before COVID-19, I was always invited to, to do the refereeing, to be a referee of a basketball uh, tournament here in Tokyo, in Saitama, and in the south, in Kanagawa. And um, I met a lot of people, and they were, some of them, on the part of the basketball uh, world, they would be surprised. Oh, you are a teacher, <laughs> you know, the, uh, in, in the educational side. Oh, you are a referee of basketball. You know, my height is only five, five but I am so passionate about basketball. That's, I think, is the only surprise, well, socially. It's a surprise to me, just the same. I didn't know that you were a basketball fan. Uh, what would you say is the key to maintaining balance in our lives? What is the key for you, working, family, all of that? How do you find the balance? That's a very good question because there were times uh, 
in my journey that one wise advice given to me by my principal, uh, that was 20 plus years ago, <laughs> she told me, June, do not spread your wings too wide. <laughs> uh, I tend to, you know, do a lot of things, try to experience a lot of things. And um, I think that's a gem of truth coming from uh, a wise and already, uh, you know, a 60 plus years old uh, principal. Um, there is a tendency to spread our wings too wide. But the uh, question is how to strike the balance. To strike the balance is that whatever you do at the moment, make the best out of it. Like, for example, now we're, we're talking, involve God and enjoy what you are doing at the moment. Do not think of another thing. Like, for example, if I am facing you and we're talking, I'll be the best of what I can be. When I am in the house, I should be the best father or best husband that I could be. When I'm cooking, I would pray before I cook. When I'm taking a bath, I pray before I take a bath. Whatever we do, do the best of what we can. And opportunity will knock at our door. And whatever it is, be it many or few, but when it is given to us and in front of us, number one, involve God enjoy about it, do the right thing, and try to improve more on where you are. And from there, I don't think there is a limit of opportunity that God will give us. We can strike the balance by just doing our best. If we cannot do it, don't. I mean, if, it will, uh, if you will sacrifice your health for that, I think we have to reassess what that opportunity is. Maybe that's not an opportunity. Maybe it's just some of those noises that we should not hear. Quite an interesting way to answer. You know, many times person would say, okay, work, go on vacation and so on. But what you are saying, whatever it is that you are doing, as the Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, with all your might. And once you are giving 100%, then you will get opportunities, relax sometime to go places. And that is really something that I need to always remind myself of just to give 100% in whatever it is that I am doing. I must say thanks once more for taking the time out to share your story with us. We have been speaking with John Rodriguez. He's a Bible and social studies teacher at the Axis International School in Kichijoji, Tokyo, Japan. Now, John, just before you go, do you have any parting words to share with our listeners? My experience when we were sent after the El Nino, uh, there was one day that I was really so hungry, really so hungry. I went to uh, coconut plantation, uh, coconut plantation of the school. We are allowed to, to go there. I climb up the tree. It's just after the storm, after the El Nino, and there was a storm. And I climb up the tree, a very tall coconut. But I was hungry, so I had to climb up. Uh, I didn't know that a coconut leaves were so weak after the storm. And I was so happy when I reached the top, I clung on the, you know, the leaves of the coconut tree. When I clung on it, Brother Marlon, it broke and I fell down. I lost my consciousness. I didn't know how many hours I was laying there with rain on my body. You know what? When I gained my consciousness, I was crying, but I was climbing up again. 
because I was so hungry. It left me a very deep impression that in everything, in whatever I do, I will not surrender unless I get my goal. And I think, brothers and sisters, our goal should be the heaven. But it's not the heaven, but it's who is in the heaven. Our goal should always be with God, whether it is stormy, whether it is uh, a happy days or uh, a sad days. Our goal should be to always have a deeper relationship with God, no matter what and whatever the situation is. May God bless us all. Thanks for tuning in to The Upward Way. Do join us again next week as we will have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. God bless you. You've been listening to The Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.